Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. I absolutely love Babbel because their courses help me learn real-life conversational skills. It's so easy to learn how to order food, ask for directions, speak to the locals without having to consult language apps. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time offer for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners, at babbel.com SPP. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com SPP. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com SPP. Rules and restrictions may apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Aspiration. At Aspiration, their investment strategies are built for the middle class. Signing up takes as little as $500 in five minutes of your time. You can sign up and find out more information at aspiration.com slash smart people. Past performance is not indicative of future returns. There is no guarantee that any investment product will achieve its objectives, generate profits, or avoid losses. Investing involves risk of loss, and alternative investments may not be suitable for everyone. Before investing, consider your investment objectives. The podcast where we talk to smart people, but not necessarily done by smart people. That is an awesome question. This one goes down probably on one of my top five. Hey, I like nutrition. I like to eat food. This is the coolest thing ever. We're going to do this forever. I wish I paid more attention in that class. You know, I'm going to be honest. I don't understand that. As a man, I just, I don't get it. Welcome to smartpeoplepodcast.com. Hello and welcome to Smart People Podcast, conversations that satisfy your curious mind. Chris Stemp here. Thank you for joining us today as we bring you another episode of this podcast for smart people. I have to admit, I'm a little sleep deprived. How does anybody raise a child these days? Oh my gosh. So I should probably not ramble on too long because I don't think it would make sense. Luckily, this interview was recorded a little bit ago, so hopefully my questions make sense. I actually went back and listened to it because it had been months, I think, at least two, three months ago, and man, the information was good. We're talking about how to get earned media, how to get coverage, and as our guest this week mentions, really, this applies to anyone. Are you in a band? Do you have a small business? Are you writing a book? Do you have a new website? If you can get coverage, if you can get people talking about it, reading about it, 
that goes a long ways towards your success. And the problem is most people don't know how to get press, don't know a good strategy, and even more importantly, can't afford to have somebody else do it for them. Where in today's economy, you can really outsource a lot of things for pretty inexpensive. PR firms cost thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. Our guest talks about the average is $10,000 a month with a six-month retainer. I know that the nonprofit I work for, we are constantly trying to get media coverage to let people know what we're doing. It's hard. Well, our guest this week saw that and is changing the PR industry. Our guest is Conrad Igusa. Conrad is an entrepreneur and the founder of Publicize, which is a PR firm focused on startups. The company's mission is to change the way startups approach PR. He's been featured on publications including the Financial Times, Bloomberg, and TechCrunch. He's a guest writer for VentureBeat and is currently a mentor at the Founder Institute. He is also the co-founder of Espacio, which is a co-working space center in Medellin. He is the epitome of an entrepreneur. He saw a problem, which is his friends who were starting businesses couldn't afford PR, and he said there's got to be a better way to do it, so he created a PR company. We go into detail about his company in this episode, but we also talk about what you can do. Some very simple steps. I mean, literally as simple as open with this sentence and you are much more likely to get media coverage. I'm telling you, even if you don't own your own business at this moment, there is likely to be a point in your life where it will help if you can get coverage and get people's eyes on your product, project, business, book, etc. I'm going to turn it over here to Conrad. Thank you guys so much for listening to Smart People Podcast. Thank you for tweeting about us at Smart People Pod. Tell the guests you like them. You know, recommend guests on there. Reach out to them and say, hey, be on Smart People Pod. That's so much fun. But most of all, enjoy the episode and let us know what you think. We are at smartpeoplepodcast.com. Hope you're enjoying the beautiful weather. Thank God for spring. And you will hear from us next in the commercial break. Enjoy. All right, Conrad. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And uh, I was really excited, actually, when you emailed because we haven't covered the topic of PR on this podcast yet. Personally, I am dealing with it a lot with my nonprofit, with even with the Smart People podcast, we're trying to get the word out. And PR is kind of this black hole. Like, I don't understand it. And I was so glad to get somebody like yourself who knows the world so well to maybe simplify things for me. So first of all, thanks for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me, Chris. I want to talk a lot about different things you've done. You know, Publicize is a company you've started, which I really think is a game changer in PR. You also, you know, you've been a writer Tell us a little bit about what you've done and what got you to start Publicize specifically. Yeah, my background initially was more tech entrepreneurship. So when I was uh, pretty close to graduating university, I'd raised funding for my first startup in, uh, in Northern California. And after I eventually moved to New York and I wrote for a tech publication called VentureBeat. And um, uh, eventually I was also running marketing for several companies and that, that allowed me to travel and work. I eventually stumbled upon a city in uh, South America, Medellin, Colombia. And so I spend most of the year here and am working on Publicize with, with a great team, kind of trying to disrupt the PR industry and um, involved with other uh, ventures as well, including a, a news publication called Columbia Reports. 
All right, well, let's let's dive into publicize because again, I read the article on TechCrunch, and the PR world is is one that I think operates often on an older model. It's really expensive. You don't know what you're going to get. And you guys are disrupting it a little bit, as you mentioned. So tell us a little bit more about what Publicize is and what your idea for that company is. Yeah, the idea is that um, traditionally when I was at VentureBeat, um, most traditional PR firms charge about $10,000 a month with these six-month retainers. And most of the entrepreneurs I knew uh, couldn't afford $60,000. And um, I thought was, could we create a, a solution that produced the same results? But as opposed to charging this, this large amount, charge closer to 399 dollars a month and make it month to month so people can cancel at any time. And the, uh, the kind of the premise behind it was that we wanted to create this cost effective solution for startups to grow because, you know, most startups don't, don't have these large budgets and, um, you know, they need to show results as soon as possible. Yeah. And like I said, when I was introduced to the PR world just a couple of years ago with my nonprofit, I never realized that. I mean, even to put out a press release and just blast it to the world is expensive. And that never works. It almost never gets picked up. So it's just a, it's a tough place to be yet. The value of media is very high. Yeah. And I I think there are a lot of misconceptions. Most people, when they think about PR, they use something like a PR syndication site, like a business newswire. And uh, they might pay five or a thousand dollars just to essentially distribute their site to Yahoo finance and all these and it's a little deceptive in that a lot of people, when they say like, oh, we got on Yahoo Finance, they think it's like the homepage. Mm-hmm. But when those press releases are sent, essentially they're 10 layers deep. Like very few people ever see those releases. I think it was described to me as like the graveyard of the web type of thing. Yeah. And um, so, uh, but that's, that's the way most people approach the media, which, um, and I, I think there's a better way to do it. Well, that's great because that's kind of what I want to talk about. So I want to talk about, the better way to do it. And from the top down, first for an entrepreneur, and I know we talked about this prior to the show, but we use that term loosely and I'll let you kind of explain that. How do you you know, recommend that people use a PR strategy? How do we come up with one? What is the basis for PR and, and really getting the word out? Um, so I, th- I think PR is incredibly important. And um, the strategy that I recommend that I'll go go through kind of step by step, I think it's applicable to technology entrepreneurs, but um, it's just as applicable whether somebody is running for office or starting a band. Uh, and, and the beauty of it is that with each different vertical that you're interested in, um, they're, they're kind of a series of popular publications that tend to cover that area. I hope I hope that answered your question. It did. Actually, it's great. And as you talk you you mentioned it, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, and literally everybody needs this." So my brother's in a band. I, you know, for the nonprofit and for this podcast, I want to get the word out. So I'm like dying thinking, "Man, I really hope Conrad can tell me exactly how to do this, how it works, how we can be everywhere and people can find us." So I'm ready to just open <laughs> okay, up the floor, perfect. man. That's a, you okay. know, that's a lot of tough work to so, do. <laughs> so the, the first thing about the media that people make a mistake about is um, they don't approach journalists and media with, with an announcement. So I'll give you an example. When, when I was writing for VentureBeat in New York, a lot of my friends would come to me. They'd say, hey, Connor, can you write about my company? And I would say, sure, you're my friend. What do you have to announce? And they would say, we don't have anything to announce. And I would say, well, if you don't have anything to announce, I can't write about your company because there's no story. So the, the very first thing to remember before, whether you're in a band or whether you're running for office or about to launch a technology startup, um, is to to have a specific announcement that you want to reach out about. And examples for for startups 
kind of loosely are, let's say uh, there's a product launch. Let's say there's a new funding announcement. You raised 100,000. Maybe you launch a new mobile app. Maybe you have a new milestone of 10,000 users or 100,000 in revenue, um, or you have a new member join your team. Uh, anything that, that kind of qualifies as a noticeable announcement, that's what you want to reach out about. Uh, so that, that would be step one is kind of find the specific announcement that you want to make. Um, I think this, the, the second part is you want to make your story and, and the company as interesting as possible through using social proof. An example of that is you, you see a lot of entrepreneurs make this mistake now when they contact, let's say, the Wall Street Journal. They'll say something like, hi, my name is Tim. I am a, um, a bootstrapped entrepreneur who's about to launch this company. Uh, do you want to cover my, you know, this announcement? And uh, the problem is, is that if you're a Wall Street Journal reporter, you're thinking, well, there are 50 million bootstrapped entrepreneurs. This doesn't seem that interesting. As opposed to if someone said, hi, my name is John. I am a, um, you know, the former head of marketing at Facebook, or I am a uh, Harvard Business School graduate. You know, kind of something, one to two points that are particularly interesting about, about the founding team. And um, it reminds me when I was at VentureBeat in that there was this story we wrote about where my editor said basically, my, Michael... Bill Gates's former assistant is about to launch a um, a new company. I said, "Well, what's the company?" He said, "It doesn't matter. It's Bill Gates's former assistant. <laughs> uh, you know that that's what makes the story interesting. Well, it's what's most important is finding one or two points that are just exceptionally interesting about the founder. So it could be it could be the age, it could be where someone's from, um, you know, it could be kind of a wide number of things. And it's really interesting because sometimes you talk to people and they'll say, you know, I'm a 17 de- old 17 year old developer. Why would uh, New York Times want to cover me or TechCrunch, and you say, "Well, like that's like I'm only 17 years old," and you, th- and you think like that's that's why they would want to cover yeah. me because you know it's very unusual that you have a 17 year old contacting these publications about these uh, these stories. So just just to kind of backtrack, find the specific announcement you want your company to make. Find one to two points of social proof that that make the um, make you or the founding or executive team like particularly interesting that stands out. Um, and and the next step would be. Make your story much larger than, than it really is. And, and the way, the best example I like to give is that um, I'm sure you have a lot of friends who are like, who are starting these startups and they, you know, they can tell you what their company currently does, but that's not that particularly interesting. Like you can visit their website and find that out. But what is interesting is that if you ask your friends, Hey, well, like when you're in the gym, are you about to, to go to bed at night? And you're like daydreaming about how big your company is going to be in like three or five years. Like it's going to have you know 200 people. It's going to be taking over the world, right? Like that, that image of, of where you want to take the company, that's what's really interesting. And uh, that's what you really want to kind of lead with, with in the announcement. Mm. So uh, what, what I did for my prior companies, I started a uh, co-founded a co-working space in Medellin. And like, Medellin, like a co-working space isn't really interesting. Like they started every single day across the world. But we were able to get it into the BBC, uh, the um, Financial Times, TechCrunch, many of these others because um, – uh, we didn't say, hey, we're launching this co-working space here. The features, we said, we're launching this company to help turn the city into the Silicon Valley of Latin America. Like that was the bigger story that we really wanted to tie it into. Oh, that's genius. And I, I saw that article and that actually makes a lot of sense because as you read it, I never even thought of this, but as I read it, it became much larger than life, right? It became yeah. much more than just a, a co-working space because then I was thinking about the city and you know how it can be like Silicon Valley and what's going to grow, what else is going to come, and it took on more of a life than just, hey, here's a co-working space. Yeah, and I find that across the board, any person you, you talk to or, or organization that's working on a certain endeavor, a lot of times they'll say something like, hey, my story is just not that interesting. They don't want to cover. And you can say, well, like, tell me what... like." 
know, what you think about when you're kind of daydreaming about where the company is going to go. And like, you know, 99 out of 100 times, that story, that is really interesting because it's ambitious. There are all these kind of components into it. Now, one thing I wanted to ask was, how do you recommend people reach out to these publications? So, so d- does yeah. email just work or what's the, what's the plan? I, I would say essentially 100% email. Okay. And a big mistake people make is they go through these syndication sites saying like, oh, well, well a journalist is going to see Business Wire, the press release, and they're going to want to cover it. I don't know of essentially any instance where that really happens. But um, people are really spons- responsive for, with, uh, with email, and, um, which kind of goes on to the next step. So let's say you know the announcement, you know you want to add more social proof to the founding team, and that you make the story seem much bigger. What, what I'd recommend is you think of, hey, what's the, the, what are, what's the big publication that you really want to be featured on? That could be you know, the Washington Post, that could be TechCrunch, whichever it may be, and uh, to offer an, an exclusive. And what the exclusive means is they essentially have first right to publish the story. So let's say um, you have a friend, uh, Chris, who's about to launch a new company, and he makes it seem much bigger. He decides, hey, the, the announcement we're going to make is the launch of this actual company. And we want to get this on the Washington Post. The, th- the thing is, if he contacts the Washington Post saying, hey, next Wednesday we're going to launch the company, the Washington Post journalists, they know that they're, like, you're trying to maximize coverage. So you're probably going to email that to like 200 publications, right? Sure. So and it, it's not particularly great because uh, they know that they have to share the story. And uh, the strongest publications break stories. They get exclusives. So if, if you reach out and say, like, hi, my name is uh, you know, Chris. I'm about to launch this company. Um, would you be interested in the exclusive? It's, it's, even if the writer doesn't know you, it's a way to really clear through the um, kind of the noise and, and to get attention. This episode is brought to you by lynda.com, the online learning platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business technology and creative skills. For a free 10-day trial, visit lynda.com slash smartpeople. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash smartpeople. lynda.com is for problem solvers, for the curious, for people who want to make things happen. Maybe you want to master Excel, learn negotiation tactics, build a website, or boost your Photoshop skills. Go to lynda.com slash smart people and feed your curious mind for free. Last time I told you about three awesome courses I really liked. One of my favorite being growth hacking fundamentals and also bootstrapping your business. Another new one I found is learning to be assertive. Not something I typically struggle with. But you really pick up some unique aspects while watching these. With the lynda.com membership, you can watch and learn from top experts who are passionate about teaching. Courses are structured so you can watch them from start to finish or consume them in bite-sized pieces, which is what I tend to do because my attention span is that of a goldfish. Your lynda.com membership will give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics, all for one flat rate. So I want you to visit lynda.com slash smart people, sign up for your free 10-day trial. That's lynda.com slash smart people. This week's podcast is brought to you by Igloo. Igloo is an intranet you'll actually like. It's a cloud platform that can help you do your best work. Share files, blog updates, coordinate calendars, and manage projects. It's easy to use and easy to configure, even for the most non-technical of users. Best of all, it's built using responsive design, which means that everything you can do at your desk, you can now do on the go on your phone. 
Whether you're a large enterprise stuck using SharePoint or a fast-growing business overwhelmed by apps, create an intranet that matches your brand's look and feel, simplifies how you work, and is accessible on your phone. Sign up now and try it for free at igloosoftware.com slash smartpeople. That's igloosoftware.com slash smartpeople. When you reach out, I, I always get this sense that so many people are doing it. But is it just because this is their job? I mean, their job is to find stories, right? The, the thing is, I'm happy to send you specific templates that I use, that have been used to get people on Wall Street Journal and all these different sites. Um, yeah. I, I think there's so many – journalists are emailed uh, very, very often every day. But so many of the emails are done incorrectly. So uh, a joke I always say with journalists is the three words they hate the most is um, for immediate release. <laughs> so most journalists, they'll just get an email, capital letter, letters, for immediate release. And in the email, it has like just copied, pasted the press release. And, uh, and you think like it doesn't matter what this announcement is. I'm not going to cover it. You know? um, as opposed to if someone said, hi – you know, hi Tim. I'm, uh, you know, my name is Chris. I'm, uh, let's say, uh, you know, a graduate of Harvard that's about to launch this new startup. Would you be interested in the exclusive? Something like that. Mm. Um, you know, just that extra, uh, this that extra step that might only take, you know, thirty seconds is really going to make a difference. And now, do you attach the press release to that email, or do you write the story in the email? Um, so a couple things. I recommend first creating the press release. And and just as an exercise, and by doing that, then you can you'll be it'll you'll be able to take the most important parts of the press release and add it into the email. So the email should only be let's say 250, 300 words, saying like here's the most important parts of this of the uh, of the story. If you're interested in more information, I've attached the press release. So a lot of people think think the mistake is they think the press release is going to sell the journalist. It actually won't. The email does. But then when they're actually interested in the story. The goal with the press release is to essentially reduce as much friction as possible to writing the article. So an example of this is to write an article takes a long time. Like I don't think people understand how long it takes. You have to do a ton of research into – so let's say if you're talking about a, um, a launch of a new health mobile app. Well, like if you're, I'm writing – if I'm going to write an article about it for VentureBeat, I probably have to do research on, well, how big is the actual market? What are the other competitors in this space? All these different things. And if in the press release you've already done that research ahead of time, then as a journalist, I'm thinking, wow, well, what, you know, what this article would have taken me three or four hours to write, and now it's only going to take me half an hour. And a lot of journalists are paid per article. So um, as much as you can do to reduce the amount of time, you know, the better. What about the idea behind building relationships or almost courting a reporter. Is there some truth to that? I mean, should you just continually reach out with each story as long as it's not overboard? How do you add value to that to really maximize your interactions and your chances of getting picked up? Yeah. I mean, relationships are important. The reason why I like to emphasize that I, I think um, you don't need, it's not kind of a priori. You don't, a relationship isn't required to be featured on these sites. I'm talking about as high as like the Wall Street Journal, et cetera. So like the largest publications that people have cold emailed, that we've cold emailed and, and gotten these features on. So I, I think when people think that a relationship is required, they often won't even reach out because, you know, they don't, they don't haven't met that person. And um, once you do get a response, I, I would say something as, as nice as sending, you know, a nice uh, Christmas card or whatever it may be, like a, uh, uh, you know, Christmas cake. Uh, it's all these kind of small gestures that I think, you know, make a difference primarily because as a journalist, when uh, you write a story, usually 
you know, people will say, thank you so much. I really appreciated an email. And then, you know, you never hear from them again. Mm. And it's so unusual that someone will say like, hey, I, I really appreciate this. I'm going to go out of my way to send, you know, a book or something, something small that uh, those are the people that really stand out. Yeah. The, the, whatever you send shouldn't have any monetary value. And so it's actually a challenge getting gifts. But sending something like a, uh, I don't know, like a small cake or something. Right. I mean, that's actually a practice that I think people use elsewhere in life, right? But why do we stop at, at those common interactions? Why not do it in things like this example, where it can go ahead and pay dividends in the future? Now, when it comes to reaching out to these uh, these individuals, these reporters, I'm assuming you recommend going directly to individual reporters. So say you want to get in the Wall Street Journal, but there's a number of people that write for them. Do you decide which one to reach out to? Is there like a general box you usually send it to? How does that work? In general, I'd look first for the individual writers. And the, the benefit is that uh, it, you'll probably tend to find me only a, a handful of reporters who are like who are going to cover the topic that you're interested in. So, for example, for nonprofits, you can kind of Google search, uh, you know, Wall Street Journal nonprofits, and you, you'll be able to find the few reporters who've written about nonprofits for the Wall Street Journal. So it, it's pretty easy to kind of narrow down who you want to contact. When it comes to PR, I'm thinking, you know, for for individuals out there, whether it be the band or the company. You've seen so many pitches. What are some interesting spins that people tend to put on them? I mean, I know you you mentioned make it newsworthy, but I'm trying to think if there's any examples. You know, people are out there going, I I, I want to write something up. I think I can make it newsworthy. Have you seen any unique verbiage or content that really makes certain people stand out? Um, that's a really good question. I would say it. It usually comes down to the to the founding or executive team basically saying, you know, what are what are one or two things that are actually exceptionally interesting about about that person. And I, I think a problem that people make is that they'll usually say something like, "Well, I can find fifty things about myself that are kind of interesting, but and those really don't matter. All that matter are the one to two kind of outliers that are exceptionally interesting." And, and so that's what I'd recommend people kind of focus on because. And I'm happy to send you an exact email that I, I use, but even actually, even when I contacted you, I didn't say like, "Hi, Chris. This my name is Connor Degusa. Sure. Uh, I, I want to be on your podcast." I said like, "Hi, this is Connor Degusa. You know, I'm a former venture writer, and you know, like kind of one or two different things that made me stand out. So you think, hey, this person might be interesting for my show. So the way it's funny because the way I think people should contact the media is the same way you should contact any busy person. Like how do you make your stand self stand out? And it's the same strategy I use to contact, like whether it's Mark Cuban, who I talked to from the Dallas Mavericks, oh, wow. um, or, or kind of uh, like a number of different people who are very busy, but you can get their attention by using these strategies. That's interesting. Yeah. I'd love to see uh, some email templates, but I never thought about the social proof of the individual, right? Like if it's an entrepreneur starting a company, I've always thought, okay, it's the company that's most important. And in the end it might be, but first you got to sell yourself. Yeah. I mean, I would argue that for, for these stories, 50% of the, of the, of the story come is about the founding or executive team. And 50% of the story is the company itself. So if you find that one area is weaker than the other, just focus on whichever is stronger. Well, I, wa I also wanted to talk a little bit more about Publicize just because I wanted to see exactly how you guys have created this model where you're able to lower the cost in comparison to some of these legacy PR companies. 
Yeah. Essentially, what we did with Publicize is we just we, we mapped out each of, let's say, the 30 or 40 steps involved with, with, with PR and uh, said, okay, which parts can we automate? Which parts can we remove? And, and, and the parts that we can, how can we reduce the cost as much as possible and essentially pass those savings onto clients? So um, it's, it's actually really interesting with PR because a lot of people think the biggest expense is, is uh, reaching out to the media. Um, but actually, a larger expense is dealing with the client. And saying because a client is like, hey, I want to talk on the phone every, uh, you know, every day for two hours to do talk about X, Y, Z. Even though in the end, that speaking has kind of no, uh, no implication to the end result. So that those are kind of areas that we try to reduce as much as possible. Hmm. It's funny because you would, at least I would think that speaking actually does increase the end result. Um, but I mean, no, I, I'm not yeah. saying that's true. I just that is a common. I could see how that's a common misconception. Yeah, I think. Oh, there is some talking involved, so it's not that it's completely reduced, but it, but as an example of this, we'll say something like, hey, can you send the LinkedIn profiles of the founding and executive team? Like, We'll look at those in their online profiles and tell you what is what are the two most important things about, um, about your, the, the founding team, kind of the two mm-hmm. most interesting pieces of social proof. Now, most founders who don't know anything about PR, they'll say something like, no, I want to tell you about the 50 kind of interesting things about me. And what you have to say is, well, it doesn't matter if they're 50 kind of interesting. All we care about is two really sure. kind of exceptional points. Sure. So uh, it, part, but that, that would just be one example of it. Earlier, we were talking about actually becoming a thought leader. And I mm-hmm. know that that's something I've actually talked about to my CEO. Could you explain that idea of how becoming a thought leader works and how it can increase your you know, continual coverage? Yeah, I think it's really important. Um, I think in the very first, I think the goal of, of, of a lot of marketing is to position an individual as a thought leader in a specific area. And um, the, the first thing to do is find a very specific vertical that you want to be referred to um, it, whenever dis- there's discussion about the specific area. So I think with Publicize, we, we didn't start off saying we want to be a thought leader on PR because that's just an enormous market. We really said PR for like early stage technology companies. Um, and the, the thought being, well, hey, if somebody at Huffington Post is writing about PR for early stage technology companies, they would refer to us. And uh, because you know we've written a lot about the topic, we've talked a lot about this is kind of our, you know, an area we've really looked into. And um, I, I think that kind of goes on to what you mentioned before about you can continuously get coverage without even reaching out to it if you're able to position yourself in a specific area. Well, Conrad, I really appreciate all this advice. I know that for so many people out there looking to reach an audience. PR is an area that, like I mentioned, we know we need to be in, but we just don't know how. And I think now we have a little bit extra knowledge there. So I appreciate you being on the show. Where can people go and, and learn more about Publicize or some of your other companies? Feel free to let them know where to check you out. I think uh, Publicize.co is the best. And I'm, I use LinkedIn a fair amount at uh, Conrad Igusa. Well, Conrad, again, thanks so much for being on the show. It was great to talk to you. Chris, thank you so much for having me. All right. Have a great day. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Conrad Agusa. Don't forget that you can find him on LinkedIn. He writes on there and follow him on Twitter at Conrad Agusa. And you can head over to his website, Publicize, at Publicize.co. Hope you enjoyed this episode and got a little bit from Conrad in the the world of PR and what PR can do for you. If you did enjoy the episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher and leave a 
rating, review, comment, and all that good stuff over there. We really appreciate when you take the time out of your day to do so. And both Chris and I read almost every single one of those reviews that is posted to iTunes. So we appreciate it. Thank you very much. If you want to reach out to the show and get in contact with Chris or I or leave us a suggestion for a guest to have on the show, please shoot us an email at smartpeoplepodcast at gmail.com or send us a message on Twitter at smartpeoplepod. Don't forget, if you want to support the show, check out the sponsors that we have on each episode or use our Amazon link over at smartpeoplepodcast.com. We have an Amazon banner at the top of the page. All of the shopping that you do after clicking that link, we get a nice little kickback at no cost to you. You can also use the handy link that we have, smartpeoplepodcast.com slash Amazon. Well, that's it for today. We've got some awesome interviews coming up, and we'll see you guys next week. Before you go, don't forget, this week's episode was sponsored by Igloo. Igloo is an internet you'll actually like. Sign up now and try it out for free at igloosoftware.com smartpeople. That's igloosoftware.com smartpeople.